It goes without saying, but we're going to say it anyway. 2020 was a bit of a crazy year for all of us. Dealing with the virus, losing clients, and the fallout from the shutdown impacted all of us in different ways. But among all the weirdness, a lot of business owners found a way to thrive at work and at home, not just survive. For the 220th episode of the Copywriter Club podcast, we asked Claire Pelletro to interview us about the past few months and what we expect to happen in the future, which we happen to think looks pretty bright. But before we get to our discussion with Claire, this episode is brought to you by the Copywriter Accelerator, our program for copywriters who want to build a solid business foundation for everything they do. Members work through eight different modules together covering topics like branding, pricing, client management, and getting yourself in front of the right clients. If you've struggled to get traction in your copywriting business, or you're making a pivot, or you simply want to get better at your processes and the services you sell, you owe it to yourself to learn more at thecopywriteraccelerator.com. And now here's our conversation with Claire Pelletro. All right. So before we kind of start up this conversation, Claire, can you just introduce yourself and let us know what you do and also what you've been up to the last few months? Well, I'm Claire, Claire Pelletro. I am the host of the Get Paid podcast, which is a, a podcast where I ask my guests really nosy questions about how much money they make and exactly how they do it. I am also a Facebook and Instagram ad expert. And for the past few months, I have been primarily off on maternity leave. My second child was born in July and I took, it ended up being uh, four and a half months off. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. So this is kind of your like big welcome back to the world on our podcast. It's I'm joking. Definitely. Is it? Wait, is it? <laughs> well, I'll have an episode go live okay. right pretty much right before this one, I think. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you into our podcast um, is because I love, I love your podcast and that you are nosy and that you ask, you ask all the questions that the listener wants to ask um, and can't ask. And I think it's, it's hard to find a podcast host that really does that and digs in and isn't afraid to dig in and even get uncomfortable but you do that masterfully. Well, thank you. I'm still afraid to make people feel uncomfortable, but it ends up being worth it. Yeah. So before you start to interview us, because we're going to kind of interview you as well, can you just share, you know, how you set up maternity leave to take four months off? Like just some initial thoughts or plans or tactics that helped you do that? Because we do have a lot of listeners um, and copywriters that we've talked to who are thinking about maternity leave and they're like, I don't, how do I even approach this so I can actually take time off? Um, I've never been able to give them. Not just maternity leave. Like sometimes you want to take three months off, you know, just be gone for the summer or whatever. Right. And paternity leave. So I've never been able to answer that question. I haven't mastered this and figured it out. So yeah. What's worked for you? Well, I had to make the decision about what my maternity leave was going to look like. What more like what my business was going to look like while I was off, while I was sleep deprived and, you know, basking in the glory of a newborn. And I was really on the fence about whether or not everything was pretty much going to shut down in terms of, you know, any coaching I was going to be doing, because I have a couple different 
offers I've had, even more offers, and some involve a lot more coaching, you know, on an ongoing basis. So I was considering putting one of these coaching programs on Evergreen and having ongoing enrollment and having at least one coach take over for me and having other people really run the entire business while I was off. But because I hadn't yet done that for that program, it felt like a huge hurdle. It just felt like, how am I going to get all this done? And I'm literally making this decision in, in January 2020, right? So nobody knew what was coming, but I decided after, actually after listening to a podcast episode of a friend of mine, uh, the Courage and Clarity show, Steph Crowder, she was talking about her own maternity leave and how she just decided that she wanted to be off. She really, you know, didn't want to have to worry about people uh, needing stuff from her. So that meant, you know, she was going to have to shut down things that were ongoing and she just happened to not really have anything that was too ongoing to shut down. She just figured out her launch schedule, her delivery schedule, and and that was it. So I decided to do the same thing. I wasn't going to put that coaching program on Evergreen. I was going to let the existing group of people just, you know, come to the end of their time and then see about re-enrolling them in the future if I wanted to do that. And then I just focused on putting away enough money to cover the expenses of my business, to pay myself a decent salary while I was gone on the off chance that my business made no money while I was gone, because I do have uh, an evergreen funnel. So I do make sales every month, but when you're really off the radar, that tends to, you know, drop off a little. So that's what I did. I really just kind of focused on squirreling away money and making sure everything had like a deadline of the end of May, everything I was delivering, let's say. And did it work out as planned? Were there any surprises along the way um, once you were actually on leave? Well, um, the surprise came in March 2020 uh, when COVID came to America. Right, right, that. But as for my maternity leave, the only small surprises that my evergreen funnel really slowed down. I expected to have more sales every month and I didn't, but it was okay because I didn't need it. And once I kind of got over the feeling of failure, because there was definitely that feeling that, you know, suddenly I wasn't selling anymore. And that must be because I don't know, people know I'm on maternity leave or I didn't set up enough Instagram posts to go live at a certain time. Um, Once I got over that, I was like, it's fine. I have the money. I'm good. And how did you handle mindset while, while you were on leave? Cause I think what could happen um, is when you're taking a break, right. And busy doing other things, it's easy to kind of feel out of the game or like you're losing your business mojo. And um, did that happen to you at all? And if so, like how have you kind of prepared to go back into business uh, over the next few weeks? Well, it definitely happened. I remember being at the eight week mark of my son being born. So I was off by about for about 12 weeks at that point. And I was getting very, very, very upset 
very jealous of what I was seeing on Instagram primarily about my peers, like success and the impact they were having on their clients' lives or businesses or the financial success that they were seeing. And I was like, oh my God, everyone has forgotten about me. Nobody likes me. Um, I'm, I'm just going to have to play catch up because I really did have to play catch up after the first baby because of things that happened with Facebook ads. Um, but no, it felt terrible. And then I, I kind of worked through that mostly by diving into some trainings by Rachel Rogers from Hello7. I joined her membership and I just started kind of binge listening to her trainings and I just kind of got excited about business again and about trying new things. And I also had to forgive myself for never really unplugging my brain from work. I know some people are able to do that. I was not. But the good thing is, it's not like I had to send emails and hustle to launch some ads or something like that. You know, I could I could disconnect in that sense, but I had never stopped thinking about my business and the future of my business. Now I want to take maternity leave and do it your way. Um, there are a couple things in there, like postpartum depression that I didn't bring up. I mean, we also had like a flood in our house, which turned into mold. We had to move the whole family out for a week. I mean, I don't recommend 2020 as a year. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Yeah, who does? I, I want to meet that person who's had a fantastic year this year. That would be. But I will say like there, there has just been a less of an expectation for me to get out of the house. You know, like when you have a newborn, it, it's hard to get out of the house. And, and also like, you know, my daughter would have been going to play dates and birthday parties. And I'm sorry that she didn't get to go to those things this year, but that meant I didn't have to drag a newborn there. Yeah. Yeah. And play dates sometimes are just not fun too, but, um, pros and cons. <laughs> Okay, so your your podcast, you're starting back up with your podcast. Um, when is the first, the next episode, the next new episode? It is one week from today it, on the time of recording. So I believe it's actually December 24th. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was by accident. I just, I wanted to get some content out and my day, is, my episode day is Thursday. So it'll be Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Any particular theme or interview for that one, just to get us all excited for it? Um, Well, I haven't actually gotten back to interviews yet. I'm not quite at that phase. So it's a couple different, a couple different solo episodes. The first of which is about that maternity leave, about some of the hard stuff. And then the second is a year in review. All right. Okay. Well, we'll look out for that. And I know we need to kind of hand over the mic to you so you can ask us questions, which makes me a lot more uncomfortable. <laughs> so I just want to keep asking you questions, but I will stop this is, now. This is our first episode of 2021. So, you know, we've, we can kind of Happy dismiss, New Year. Yeah, we can kind of dismiss last year and, and all of the nasty, rotten things that happened. Um, although, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent bad. There were some good things too. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Rob, but we're not going to dismiss anything. I want to get into it. I have been like basically boxing here and been like, so what is, 
been up for you and tell me more and tell me more and tell me more. And now I'm going to do it to you as well. So let's talk about your 2020 and the business and maybe lessons learned. Yeah. Rob, why don't you start? What were your lessons learned in business? Uh, so, uh, you know, it's interesting because, uh, as we went into 2020, we actually, uh, had some discussions about the virus, um, you know, long before people started shutting stuff down. I even told Kira in January that I had a dream that, uh, we were at our event and literally the virus shut everything down. You know, people are getting sick, whatever that was in January. So I'm not sure that it's a hundred percent correct that nobody knew it was coming. Um, and I, I'm, I'm kind of joking yeah, that about strange. that. That it was strange though, I, right. I literally had that dream. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we we had the event. Uh, it was the second week in March. We were literally, I think, the last event, certainly in California. Almost everything else had shut down. We were just small enough to get under like the regulation the week that we had the event. I think it was no bigger than 300 people or something like that. And uh, Sunday, when, you know, the day after we had ended our event uh, was when they said no gatherings over 10 people. And uh, so, you know, we were, we, we didn't, my dream didn't come true, but uh, it was close. It was really close. And I, I guess that's maybe the first lesson that I learned is that um, even when, you know, things are happening, uh, sometimes you just have to keep moving forward. You know, you can't let fear uh, get in the way and dictate, you know, what had happened. I think a lot of people, um, you know, did shut down events and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, judging that, you know, they made the right decision for their business. We were fortunate that, uh, you know, we didn't have any reports of anyone, uh, getting sick other than myself. I well, think, Rob got, you got yeah, COVID. I, I think I might've picked it up on the airport on the way home. Uh, but, uh, just, just kind of missed, uh, our event. So the event was safe. Um, the people who were there, almost to a, a person said, you know, thank you for, for having this. It was, uh, you know, it was much needed. And, you know, since a lot of people have come back and said, you know, I'm glad that we had that last event because had we known, you know, that we were going to end up with, you know, nine months of shutdown, not being able to see people that like, I keep thinking back to that event and thinking what a great opportunity that was just to connect with people before we've had, you know, all of this, you know, loneliness and, and being separated. So, um, not letting fear stop you when appropriate. And I, you know, I want to couch that a little bit because, you know, had the event been a week or two later, yeah, of course we would have had to shut down. You know, it wouldn't have been able to happen. How about you, Kira? Like what's your number one uh, lesson maybe from, from before, from the first part of the year? Yeah. I feel like I have just a bunch of little lessons. I think the big one um, for copywriters at least is that um, copywriters are really problem solvers and um, integral to businesses and and really have thrived um, over the last year, which I guess could be surprising or, you know, I think when COVID hit, I wasn't even sure how the, our business would do, how the copywriter club would do. I thought maybe like this was it for us too. Um, but it's been a relief and a pleasant surprise to see that copywriters have been needed more than ever especially with new messaging and helping with all the the pivots that took place. And so um, I think it's just an appreciation that we we can kind of handle the, the tough times in the recession and that we are really needed um, in businesses. And so that this, this market will continue to grow. Um, so that's just kind of more of an observation. I think for me personally, I just learned. I just was humbled over the year, like many people. And, 
have learned to that it, you know it takes it takes a village to do anything and that I need to ask for help. And so I think for the business, it's just been all about asking for help, getting more support, um, learning how to just hand things off to people and and really enjoying that process too. I never really wanted a team. I always, I don't know, I would hear different like online marketers talk about how they loved building their team and how that was their favorite part of their business. And I was like, that's really, I just, I just don't get that. But over the last year, I've really started to love that aspect of our business um, and team growth. And so that's been just more of a surprise too. I'm really glad to hear you say that because that's um, definitely, I'm, I'm staring down that barrel of hiring and team growth. And I feel the exact same way as you did before. Like, uh, this is just going to be a hard part of business instead of a great part. So we shall see. So talk to me about some of those pivots that you had to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I think our our first pivot was our mastermind. So also at our event every year, we kind of kick off a bunch of our programs at that event. You know, we we add new members to our membership. We kick off our think tank mastermind and add all the new members. So that became a big stress too because that that was such a critical and hard time. Um, with COVID and there were so many unknowns and we were launching our high-end mastermind program, which we needed to fill, you know, with 10 to 20 people. And so I think that was the first pivot. Um, Also, it was an in-person mastermind where we, you know, proudly talked about how we have in-person events, which Claire, you spoke at one of those past retreats. And so that was the first pivot, just how can we make this mastermind work? for people who are not sure what their business is going to look like, who are terrified, um, who aren't going to be able to meet with us in person, and how can we serve these copywriters during this crazy time in this mastermind capacity. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say that too, Kira, because you know we were thinking of changing the structure of uh, our mastermind at the before the event, you know, we had been talking to Brian Kurtz, who we just interviewed on the podcast last week. And he was saying, you know, if you really want to make this stronger, you, you should be adding people all year long and not relying on a single launch. And the fact that our launch happened to coincide with the week that everything shut down in America uh, really like drove that that lesson home. And, you know, we're, we were grateful that we had kind of changed our mindset around that so that we were thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to be adding people here in March and April, but we also will be adding people in July. We also may be adding them in October or November, you know, that we can bring people in throughout the year. And so we had kind of made that, that change, um, happening, uh, and everything melting down just drove home what a, a smart decision that was. So we owe a lot to Brian to sort of you know, for changing our mindset around that. Wow, that's great that you kind of already had those plans at least thought out, if not already in motion, because yeah, what a year to be reliant on one launch at that time. Right. Yeah, I think this was the year, I mean, anyone who depends on a launch model realized that's not a sustainable way to grow your business, even though we knew that. Um, but I think we are moving to evergreen as much as possible now just to avoid future catastrophes. Why do you think that you held on to that launch model? Because you just said, even though you knew before that it wasn't sustainable, but it, it sounds like 
it sounds like it, it only just in, in March or maybe in 2020 was when you said, okay, well, we're going to change this up. Why didn't you do that before? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And a great question. I, I think it really comes down to the fact that we all sort of default to following the standards that are set in an industry. We we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast with uh, Annie Bacher. You know, there it's okay to question rules, uh, and I think we sort of all think. Uh, in our heads that, yeah, oh, I'm going to question the rules or whatever, but it's so much easier just to go along with the standards. Like, oh, if everybody does launches, you know, we should do launches. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we were trapped in that because we have been talking about other ways, you know, to bring people into our programs without relying on launches all of the time. But, um, you know, it's when you start doing something, it's hard to change, you know, the, the path that you're on. And, and we started by launching. So it just made sense to keep on launching. Yeah. And part of that's capacity too. I think I, because I've worked as a copywriter in the launch space, I, I just kind of drank the Kool-Aid and was like a fan of the big launches and the excitement behind them. Um, but the, the more we've done it and launched for the copywriter club and I launched for clients, I'm just kind of over it and it's not fun. It's stressful. It's tiring. There are definitely benefits to doing it. Um, there are reasons to do it, but we we were just starting to launch. It felt like every month we were launching something and I was just burnt out of it too. So I think part of it was like, yeah, we knew we should move to evergreen, but I usually won't make any changes until I, I feel pain and I need to feel a good amount of pain in order to make that change. And I finally started to feel it when you know COVID hit and we were launching and it just wasn't working as well. So pain always helps with change. So then does that mean 2021 is like now your year of evergreen or will you still be doing some launch style things? Yeah, I think we'll still do some launch style things. We're going to have our event. We can talk a little bit about what we'll be doing next year in a minute. But uh, that event is just a really good opportunity to introduce people to the different things that we can do and how we can help them. And so I still think that we'll treat that almost as a pseudo launch. You know, we our business doesn't depend on it. If you know everybody at the event decided not to not to you know continue with anything that we do, we'll still be okay. But it's a really good opportunity to you know, almost have kind of an almost launch. Um, And we still have programs like the accelerator, which because they, we run them as six week programs, not courses where you can kind of dip in and dip out, but you're actually moving through the content with everybody else in the program at the same time, you're building those relationships, you're sharing ideas and even, you know, sometimes leads, those kinds of programs, I think almost need to be launched in some way, maybe not quite the same way that we've done it in the past, but they sort of depend on that. And so, you know, we'll have that at least, you know, part of the year, uh, the accelerator, you know, at, at some point that may change in our business, but for now, uh, that kind of a program uh, relies a little bit on launching. But you know, with the underground and with our mastermind, the think tank and the roundtable, we can bring members into those programs at any time. And we're much more open to new ways of doing that than what we were in the past. How do you manage so many offerings? This is what I had to send a message to Kira about mid-year because I was just, when I realized all the the different things. And, and tell us a little bit more about which one is for whom? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, to the first part of the question, how do we manage so many offerings? Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if we always do it so well, um, but 
uh, it's been tricky. I think it's been actually a really a, a challenge. It's helped to add team members over the last few years um, to have uh, Brandon in the community and stepping up in the underground membership and taking more of a leadership role in that has helped greatly. Um, so that's, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the things that helps though is that the way that that we've structured the Copywriter Club, each program kind of builds into the next step, you know, so, uh, and, you know, we offer things like the podcast for, for totally free and it, and it's, you know, people want to come and listen to the advice that our guests share on the podcast and walk away. And that's all they ever want to do with the copywriter club. That's perfectly fine. And hopefully they're getting value that helps them to grow their business. And then, you know, if they want to move into the underground, it's, you know, very low priced membership where there are additional resources. There are some, you know, uh, group activities, ways to interface with Kira and I, then, you know, that's sort of a natural evolution. And if, if they've kind of gone into that or that's not enough for their business, then, you know, the mastermind level, you know, gives them uh, even more ideas, more, you know, goal setting and accountability and our hands on, you know, helping people build their business. So I think the fact that they, they kind of grow from each other and um, help people improve, you know, as they move from one to the other helps in managing a lot of different projects. Well, there's a path. There's a clear path that's worked well from the beginning. Um, we've been clear about the path, but as far as like how to actually manage it, um, I mean, even we added a we call her our cruise director for the Think Tank Mastermind because we needed more support. So we have um, Tamara Glick is our cruise director in that mastermind, and she takes on the role of helping with onboarding, um, membership management. She's, she does a lot in that group as well. So we definitely realized in 2020 that it can't just be Rob and Kira running each group and managing customer success and um, engagement. And so that's been a, a good pivot. I think we still need, we definitely still need more support in that area. Um, but we've started to add those people who can help manage those programs too. Okay. I want to actually go back a little bit because I realized we didn't, we didn't get the end to the story, which is, did you manage to fill the think tank after the last live event? Yeah, we did. We did. We um, added 15, I think 15 copywriters, marketers to the think tank after the event. It, you know, we continued to market and invite people into the mastermind. So it wasn't purely from the event, um, but the event definitely helped. And, and so in that sense, we were lucky to have had that event um, because we did add a bunch of new members who we met for the first time at the event. Um, but yeah, we were really excited and, and grateful for copywriters to jump into a high ticket mastermind in March and April. It was I think just a really um, impressive group of people who are still in there because, you know, it's terrifying to invest in something at that time of the year. And they jumped in and they trusted us and jumped in. So it was um, enough people to move the pro the mastermind forward. Was there anything about going all virtual, like for the mastermind or in general in the business, but I assume the mastermind because that's where more of the in-person interaction was going on. Was there anything about going virtual that actually allowed you to better serve your people? 
Yes, there's there's definitely things that virtual allows us to do better. So, uh, you know, we actually <laughs> were really naive, I think, when the virus first hit. We thought, oh, you know, it'll blow over and by June we'll all be getting together. And, uh, you know, I, obviously my dream uh, that I had in January uh, didn't cover that part of the year because, uh, yeah, that didn't happen. So, um, you know, we had hoped to be able to do some in-person uh, components to the mastermind in particular, and we were hoping to even do an in-person event in 20, in early 2021. And, you know, right now, you know, that's, that still hasn't happened. So uh, we've had to back off on that. But one of the things that uh, we've been able to do with our virtual events uh, actually kind of surprised us, you know, how good the virtual events are. Uh, you know, you've participated in one of our live, uh, you know, retreats before. Yeah. And, you know, you were our guest there, Claire, and you opened up about your business and, you know, you presented, you know, a, a bunch of stuff and you were the guest there. When we do it virtually, you know, it, it's so much easier to bring in more people to teach what they know. And so, you know, the virtual events that we've had, we've been able to bring in some really high caliber guests to present people like Todd Brown and uh, Charlie Gilkey and um, Jerisha Hawk, you know, to talk about the different things that they're doing in their business and just being able to bring in a wider variety of experts has really, I think, helped uh, the content of the events um, virtually. It sucks that we can't get together in person, you know, that we can't rub elbows or, you know, share drinks at the bar or, you know, all of the fun things that we can do, you know, when you're together as as a group. But um, we've made the best of it. And I think the virtual events that we've put together have been really good so far. And I'm looking forward to what we can do with our really big event next year. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Well, just before we go into the big event, we also, when we realize it's going to be online only and that we have this incredible group of copywriters who are investing in the mastermind, um, we just we knew we also had to step up the program because we had relied heavily on the in-person retreats. In some ways, the previous year, we're kind of like, yeah, this, this mastermind is really about the in-person retreats. Yes, we'll have some virtual events in between, but that's where the magic happens. And so all of a sudden, it was like, well... That's not the case. So we improved the virtual uh, component in between the virtual retreats. So we added just like little features like every Tuesday, Rob and I are available for a check-in point where anyone can just jump in and ask us questions or get um, clarity on what they need to be doing in the week ahead. We added casual water cooler chats just so the social element was there, especially since we wouldn't meet in person. At least everyone can connect on a regular basis. We added monthly happy hours, again, just for the social element. So we definitely increased the virtual workshops and um, added more to the curriculum just to, to compensate for the fact that we wouldn't have those you know, rich in-person events. Yeah. And I think it's brought the group together. Like this is a really tight knit group. And even as we've added new members, you know, since April, uh, every, you know, it's very welcoming. People are getting things done. So I think it's worked out really well. So, you know, it could have been a failure, you know, or, or we could look at it and say, oh, it would be so much better if we could get together in person. But uh, what we've been able to do virtually has been really, really good. That's awesome. Uh, I had heard about the last virtual event and it did sound amazing. And I was like, how can I get some recordings? But anyway, <laughs> oh, so you've sort of hinted at a couple different things. There's a virtual event that is coming up that's going to be open to the public, correct? 
Yes. TCC. It's going to be T-C-C-N-I-R-L. Like not in real life. That's that's not the official name, but we need a, it's a placeholder. If somebody has a better idea for the name, please give yeah, us a better we'll name. Let us know what it is, because yeah, right now that's what it, what it is. The N would be in parentheses. I can see how it's styled already. Um, I just think about names like when you have to say them out loud on a podcast. So if you're going to say TCC open parentheses N, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just uh, yeah, it's pronounced Ticknerl. So that's uh, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need help. Claire, can you help us help us with the name, please? Um, well, I'll get back to you on that. But but let's talk about what's it going to be, who's it going to be for, when, how. So, okay, Rob, you go. I, I can hear you. you're eager. No, I'm I'm not necessarily eager, but um, so we're working out the details right now. But we've been looking into technology in order to bring a lot of the elements that we do really well at our event. Uh, to a virtual space. So, you know, one of the things that we do that I don't think any other conference, at least I've never seen it done in a conference, you know, is that we'll organize everybody who comes to TCC IRL into dinner groups or lunch groups with about five or six other copywriters. They probably don't know them, uh, or if they do know them because, you know, they've been in previous years or whatever, maybe they're not uh, real close, but it, really helps with the community building and the networking that happen at our events. It's a lot of work. Every time, every time, you know, Kira and, and Rosie and our team puts that stuff together, I just kind of sit back and think, wow, is this even worth it? But everybody loves that part of the event and getting to know new people and developing those relationships. And so we're looking at ways to bring that to a virtual environment. And I think we've got uh, an idea of how that's going to work. Um, of course, we're going to bring in speakers. The um, going virtual means that we can actually bring in more speakers than we might have otherwise. Um, and so, you know, we're, we've reached out to a bunch of people who are on our favorites list and, and uh, that process has started. And uh, so and we'll, We'll also be putting out a, a call for speakers uh, in the very near future. If anybody who maybe isn't on our list right now, but would like to be um, involved in the event um, just so that they can. So we're in the very beginning planning stages. We'll have uh, an announcement shortly, you know, where people can buy tickets. And uh, but we, we will be holding the event March 10th through the 12th. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, a, a really good place for copywriters to hang out for a couple of days uh, the beginning of March. Wow, very exciting. That's going to come up fast. Yeah, it's already it's already starting to uh, worry me that we're not out in front of it enough, but that's kind of typical for us in our events, unfortunately. And this time you don't have to deal with the venue, so No, it'll be a lot easier this time. And um Claire, not to put you on the spot, but we would love for you to be one of the speakers oh. at the event. Wow. Bold yeah, how, can, how can she say no when there's you know, several thousand people for- listening? Um, recording is you can't say no but you can you know just the the thought of preparing a talk (laughs) and then actually giving the talk can i actually you could just show up you don't even have to give a talk we just want you to come hang out with us yeah come hang out that's that's the question and you don't have to answer it now well when are we gonna all hang out in person again like not just when is the cdc gonna say that's okay but when are you planning that Oh, um, something, the in-person version of the event? Yeah. Is there, um, is there an idea for that in 2022? 
So I, I, hopefully it'll be before 2022, but we'll see. I, I think we've basically said, hey, as soon as we know we can get people together, the people are comfortable getting on airplanes, you know, staying at a hotel or in another venue, uh, that we would like to get back together again. And so, you know, maybe maybe the the vaccine is distributed and things calm down, and we can do that next summer. Maybe it's next fall. Um, hopefully it's not until 2022, but but we'll see. You know, again, I think we were really optimistic about the time frame last year, and I don't want to be overly optimistic about it this year, but uh, it's something we love hanging out with with copywriters in person, and we will start doing it as soon as we can. I'm very curious to know if that in-person element, and I guess you'll find out after your, your virtual event, how much it impacts sales conversion rates. Yeah, we'll find out. I have heard, I mean, from a couple of people that have performed better and had um, stronger sales with virtual events. I don't, you know, that's a couple people I've talked to, so we'll see. Um, I think the opportunity is that we can um, potentially invite and have increase our attendance with a virtual event versus an in-person event, just because there is cost savings. You know, ticket prices will be a little bit less. Um, people won't have to book a flight in a hotel, so I think there's more opportunity to just grow and and kind of. Ha- include more people this year. And I think that's that's probably the fun part is just, okay, we can have more people in the virtual room, um, people who wouldn't have been able to make uh, an in-person event for whatever reason. Yeah, sure. I've definitely heard that as well about the, the virtual event, the ability to make them bigger, mostly bigger, cheaper to actually run um, and still very impactful. So yeah, you'll have to keep me posted on how sales go after. Yes. We'll let you know. What about you two personally? Like, I mean, we've talked a little bit about what you've had to do in the business over the past nine months or so, but um, how have you been holding up? What have you been working on like personally in 2020? That's a a great question. Um, You know, like everybody else, you know, our personal lives have seen some ups and downs. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I actually came down with the virus early this spring. And uh, fortunately, it wasn't a a terribly bad case, but uh, I was very sick for maybe five or six days. Uh, My mom passed away this past fall and uh, not not from the virus. Uh, You know, she's has Alzheimer's for quite some time. And so, you know, there were some uh, things to deal with there. You know, my family and I, we like our summer activity is always based around travel. And that's always been uh, you know, a huge part of what we do. And, you know, that's been an almost impossible thing to do this year. And so, you know, being cooped up inside has had other impacts, you know, on, on our mental health, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think we've all, and I'm certainly not anything special here. You know, everybody's dealt with uh, stuff that's happened. Um, but I also think that a lot of good things have happened uh, too that, you know, don't necessarily, um, can't necessarily happen outside of a space like this. So, you know, for instance, um, when I was sick and, and so my family was literally, you know, locked into our homes for three weeks, we couldn't even go grocery shopping because of the virus exposure at the time. Like our neighbors took care of us. They, they brought us groceries, you know, they, they brought us dinners, like they just stepped up and it was 
overwhelming, you know, the kindness that people around us showed, you know, and, and how concerned they were for us, um, you know, and being able to spend more time with family. Like I've been able to hang out with my kids this summer in ways that probably wouldn't have happened if, you know, they'd been hanging out with their friends, you know, quite as much. So, um, you know, there's been some good things along with the bad. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, Kira, you, you've had similar experiences. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, it's been, I mean, we, I haven't lost anyone. I feel like it's, it's been, um, the hardship I have dealt with over this last year is nothing compared to what other people have dealt with. Um, and I'd say other than, you know, um, the upside has been greater. So I, I agree with Rob there. Like when I look at this past year and having, so my kids have been, um, doing school at home and we've had two other kids come over. So we've had four kids downstairs with a, a, a teacher helping them with online learning. And that's like, I've been really grateful for that because it's nice to have my kids home. They're like, they're, they're eight and five. They're really at a sweet age. And so it's fun, even though I'm not down there with them, I'm, I'm working in my office. It's just fun to hear their voices and to have them there and like to be able to go down there and, and just see them whenever I want. And so I agree with Rob, like having more time with my kids has been really great with my family. Um, I've enjoyed the break from travel. I feel like that's really, I love to travel, but I have enjoyed this break. I think I kind of just got on the bandwagon of like going to all the conferences and masterminds and there's so much value in that. And I, I miss aspects of that. Definitely. I look forward to the time we can do that again, but I think it was, I was doing a lot of it and probably more than I really wanted to do. And I didn't realize until I stopped that it's also nice just to, to be home again, during this stage where my kids are young and to not travel every month. And so I've just, I've enjoyed kind of shrinking my life and, and I mean, I'm clearly like an in, true introvert, um, probably have become more introverted because those aspects have been positive for me. Um, and so, uh, and again, it's just, we, we haven't dealt with um, significant losses due to COVID. So I've been in a, a pretty good place. Rob, how did you, or Rob and Kira, how did you kind of handle the business when Rob was out of commission? It seems like he wasn't out of commission for that long. I mean, it really like he recovered within, to me, it seemed like it was a week and you were back and functioning <laughs> maybe uh, well, functioning is maybe, maybe putting it a little strongly like i mean there was there were probably four or five days when i was i was out you know i was in bed sick couldn't eat that kind of thing the week after that i was in you know for a couple of hours you know i would join for some calls um i was maybe not doing everything that i would have done normally but then you know after the two or three hours were, were over i was exhausted and so you know would go back to bed for i, I was probably sleeping you know 16 hours uh, a day for the you know week or two after it so kira i mean she picked up the slack where it had to happen and uh, you know in some ways it was fortunate it was right after our event because after our events, we tend to, you know, slow down for a week or two and then, you know, start to pick back up. And so it was a little bit of a lull period for us anyway. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just have to, you just have to get back, you know, on the laptop and, and keep working. So, um, yeah, I, again, I, I think, you know, I, I wasn't as sick as a lot of people have been. So, you know, maybe I was more fortunate in being able to come back to work a little faster than a lot of people have. Kira, now, have you had to take it easy for yourself recently? I was just going to add that it's been helpful over the past year. To, you know, the, the benefits of having a partner in business 
have been far greater when it is a more stressful year. And so I think, you know, in situations with Rob getting COVID, having a business partner who can pick up some slack is helpful and having a team as well. And so I have definitely felt that and relied on Rob more heavily, um, more than I normally do over the last few months while I've been dealing with morning sickness and like significant morning sickness. Like I've had two children before. I had morning sickness for both of them but it was nothing compared to the last six to seven weeks because um, I'm older. And you know what? I'm I'm nine years older than I was when I had my daughter. And so your body tells you that uh, when you're creating a life. And so um, it's been difficult because it hasn't just been physical. <laughs> it's been mental and emotional and, and a little bit more than I expected. Um, so it's it's kind of brought me to my knees a couple of times. And it's, again, it's been a benefit to have a team, to have a business partner, to have support at home uh, during a time where I just haven't been able to leave the couch like for multiple days in a row. Um, so that, yeah, that's that's definitely been hard. Um, but yeah, it's been great to have Rob's support during that time. Well, thank you for just helping me make the decision about whether or not I should have kids. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you want to if you're planning on having a child, you know, might not want to talk to me while I'm still in the thick of morning sickness. It should be gone, should be gone soon. Um, and uh, but I think it's important to just talk about it and share it because I feel like morning sickness is one of those things that surprises many women. It surprised me because I just didn't hear as many women talking about the reality of it. Um, and even the term morning sickness, it like it indicates it's just. You feel it for a little bit and then you're all better. It's like that is not the proper name for what our body goes through and what we go through mentally. And even I felt um, the depression, like you get, de- you can feel depressed when you have morning sickness. And that's something I hadn't dealt with before with the previous pregnancies. So I was not prepared for the depression that hit during the morning sickness time. And so I was just kind of like, why don't more people talk about this because it would have been good to to know this is this was going to happen even though I had already been through it it was still shocking. You guys are making me glad I can't have a baby. I, I got to say you're you're not selling me on the uh, the upside. <laughs> I tell my husband like at least once a week that I want a bloody parade in my honor for everything <laughs> we've gone through. You guys deserve it for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so if if there's any kind of like a pep talk that that maybe myself, I'm not gonna lie, or other copywriters who are listening might need right now after the hell that was 2020, what would you say? Hmm. Yeah, I guess a pep talk is good. I was kind of a downer, wasn't I? No, no. Hey, <laughs> you're. Right. I was like, let's bring this down a little I'm bit. Right there with you, okay? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an optimist, so you know, I try to see the the best, even you know when situations are bad. And clearly, 2020, uh, while it was bad and it was really bad for a lot of people, um, there were also bright spots. And uh, you know, there's kind of this this idea that, you know, it takes the refiner's fire to get the gold out of the, the, to separate it from the dross, right? Like having come through, you know, this, 
this terrible year has you know provided a lot of us with you know that refiner's fire and i think you know to say that most of us have survived this year you know with businesses intact some people have actually grown their businesses and done much better this year than they've ever done before we've actually seen that a lot in our in our mastermind which um, isn't necessarily surprising because these are hardworking, you know dedicated ambitious copywriters um, but having gone through you know something as bad as last year and now having a new year to look forward to that you know um, we know that, uh, you know, the, va- the vaccines are, are getting out there. Like there should be some pretty significant improvements in the economy. Like, you know, there, there's a lot good uh, potential in 2021. And so, you know, let's, let's not let off the gas, you know, let's, let's keep moving forward. You know, it's possible to, to, um, you know, if you've had a bad year to rebuild and to restart and to, you know, get, moving again. But I just think that uh, 2021 offers a ton of potential uh, for all of us. And I'm actually excited to see what we're going to be able to do in our business at the Copywriter Club and to see what the people in our programs are going to be doing in their businesses and in talking with copywriters in the coming year on the podcast about what they're going to be doing. Thanks, Rob. I needed that pep talk. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have all come through the fire. You're ready to be gold. Well, I I think I would just add, I mean, this is repeating, Rob, but I've I've been so in awe of the copywriters that we've worked with or we've just seen who have just grown their business and um and not just grown their businesses financially, but launched, you know, launched podcasts, um, created different sides of their business and expanded into products and programs and um, ventured into new territories. And so it's, yeah, I mean, to, to see all of that happen over the past year, it's, it's been really inspiring. It's, it's inspired me where I'm like, wow, we can, you know, we really can do more um, even in this, this year. So it's exciting to think about what copywriters can do in 2021. So speaking of 2021, do you have any like trends that you can predict either in copywriting or marketing? I I mean, I don't know if these are trends, but I think what we'll see more of with copywriters is more and more copywriters launching their podcast. Um, we saw so many launch new podcasts in 2020. And I, I think that will just take off in 2021 as more copywriters are um, stepping out from behind the laptop and owning their voice and becoming more um, thought leaders and sharing their viewpoints and creating the content that's not out there that they want to see out there. And so I think definitely it's exciting to think about the collection of podcasts created by copywriters in the year ahead. Yeah, I think one trend that we're going to see continue, you know, the the virus has forced so many people to work from home and businesses have seen that there's an advantage, you know, to maybe not having, you know, the property costs involved in having an office and that kind of thing. So I think we're going to see a trend towards not just people working from home, but copywriters that are freelancing as opposed to being uh, internal employees. So, you know, uh, you could look at that and say, oh, the competition is going to grow. There's going to be more copywriters out there. But I think that a Along with that trend, a lot of copywriters are going to be working one-on-one with clients. This is something that Brian Kurtz predicted a few years ago, and um, I I think we're going to see that increase where uh, copywriters are on their own. They're building their own business, but they're really doing it with just one or two clients. And uh, I'd be surprised if we don't see that happening in in a bigger way in 2021. Also add that I think we'll see more copywriters 
growing teams um, more so. And maybe, you know, we've seen them kind of as a solopreneurs and freelancers, you know, without no teams, maybe not even a VA. And um, from what we've seen with the copywriters we're working with, more and more are seeing the benefit of bringing on online business managers, working with VAs, um, bringing on cop- their own copy chief, uh, junior copywriters, and and building out not just the client side of their business, but also the product side of their business. And so um, I think we'll see more, more and more team growth for copywriters. Mm, that's exciting. Definitely. I'm definitely interested in seeing those products. Uh, and can we get more copywriters to use Facebook ads? Because I always feel that <laughs> copywriters are the ones who should be using ads because they're going to write killer copy, which is in my opinion, it's the hardest part. Definitely the hardest part. And it's something that we haven't even perfected oh, with our ads. I, every time I, I think about our ads, I'm like, yeah, we've got to do better. So sorry. Hi, Jack. You all have started running ads after years of me begging Kira to do it. Yeah, we've done it with, uh, we've, we've done I it this year. I told you we were doing it a while ago because you forced us to do it last time. I had my interview with you on your podcast and you yelled at me and told me we should be running ads. We did start pretty soon after that. Oh, good. Oh. Yeah, we we grew up. We, we did it. Good for you. Now we know how, now we need to learn how to do it right. <laughs> we need to learn how, yeah, we need, um, we need a brilliant course on how to write Facebook ads in 2021. Like not what was working last year. I need what's working in 2021 because I, I do struggle with ad copy. It's not, it's not, I just haven't focused on it. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to figure out what is working in 2021 as soon as we get there. I do think, Claire, I do think that we will see more copywriters though, working with Facebook ad managers, bringing them on to their team on retainer and um, running ads on an ongoing basis. So it, we've already seen that again in like our think tank mastermind with the, the hires that people are bringing on. And so I, I think we'll see more of that. That's it for trends. I don't see anything else. <laughs> Nothing any else dreams, is going to happen. Rob, you got any dreams we should know about? Yeah, what are I, you dreaming about? I have not dreamed uh, anything bad happening uh, in the near future. So uh, hopefully we're in the clear. But uh, if, if that changes, I'll definitely hop on a podcast and let everybody know. Um, is it just me or do you all occasionally dream about being places without your masks? Um, I think it's really strange when I have dreams where I'm wearing the mask. I don't think I've even dreamt of wearing a mask. I have we- I have worn my mask in dreams and been angry at people who are not wearing masks in my dream. Yeah, me too. But the, okay. the worst ones are the ones where I am panicked because I've gotten to a place and I don't have the mask on. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. happens to me enough in real life that uh, <laughs> I don't need to dream about it. Yeah. Oh, good times. I, I mean, I just like, I can't wait, of course, for all of this to be over. But the idea of listening to this episode five years from now, or any content that talks about this experience, I wonder what it's going to be like. Are we still going to feel it so strongly or will we have moved on so quickly? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there will be other conflicts of varying degrees over the next five years, maybe um, not to the same degree as COVID, but I think we will be even more evolved at that point based off future experiences. 
Well, then we're just all going to have to get in real life as soon as possible. TCCIRL. None of this parentheses. Yes. Yes. So we will we will gather everyone in real life as soon as it is safe to do so. We will move on that quickly. Um, and then in the meantime, we will hang with Claire. We were going to force Claire to hang with us at TCC and parentheses and parentheses IRL um, in March. Okay. That's a deal. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Claire. Thank you, Claire, for taking time and um, in interviewing us. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Claire for taking the time to share a bit about her business and for asking us a few questions about ours. You can hear a lot more from Claire on the Get Paid podcast, where she interviews entrepreneurs about how they make their money and exactly how much they make. Or you can learn more about her programs at her website, clairepels.com. That's C-L-A-I-R-E-P-E-L-L-S.com. That's the end of another episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. Our intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you've enjoyed what you've heard on this episode or any other episode of the podcast, why not share it with a friend? Take a minute now to send a short email with a link to the show and a sentence or two about why they'll love it. And to learn more about how Kira and I can help you build a more successful copywriting business, visit thecopywriterclub.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Copywriters coming together to help the world write better, copy and make more money. Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club can make you lots of money.